pastor did the report, so I don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, while we were singing, I, I was thinking that in heaven, in heaven, I will have the voice of the brother who is sitting behind my wife. I, I listened to him. I did not sing because my voice would have destroyed the beauty of what you were singing there. But I thoroughly enjoy singing with you the grace of God, the goodness of God. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to know the Lord. You know, I, I trusted Christ as my personal Savior in 1966. Never was there a time when I said, oh boy, that, I regret that time. I regret that I've done that. Never, never in my whole lifetime have I said, I, I do not want the Lord. He has been so good. He has been tremendous to us. He has blessed us uh, beyond my wildest imagination. Uh, with my wife, we have four children, and uh, two, two of them are in the ministry. In Chonville, my, my daughter is with the pastor, Samuel Briard, and that was the first church we started. And, uh, and Jeremy is uh, planting churches in, in France, and we are blessed by what we see in Amiens right now. They, they start seeing fruits from their ministry. So, France is, has always been a tough mission field. People have said it's a missionary's graveyard um, because missionary goes there for one term and then pull out, you know, discouraged. Uh, you, you don't accomplish anything if you are that impatient, you know. You have to let the Lord do the work and build the, and put the foundation. Uh, we've been serving uh, Christ in France, uh, planting churches from the nor from the north northeast part of France to the to the west, and right now we are in Paris, in the Paris area in Mont. It's uh, about half hour, forty minutes outside of Paris, and as Pastor said, uh, France is changing quite a bit. Uh, we have, like you, here in America. A lot of uh, people that migrate, some legally, and a lot of them illegally. And uh, the, uh, especially in larger cities, we see more and more um, Muslims from uh, Africa, but also from the Middle East. And uh, in Mont, in Mont, where we are serving, there are four mosques now, large mosques, financed by... Uh, <laughs> At times, states, states are financing the, the, the planting of uh, mosques in, in the land of France. So uh, we have a ministry uh, toward to the Muslims because there's only one Savior, Jesus Christ. There's only one that brought true, a true res response to the need we had as sinners we were, con we were condemned, and Christ gave his life. He atoned for us. He reconciled us to the Father. He's the only one. No religion does that. So we, uh, we share the gospel with the Muslims. We share the gospel with anybody, and we start seeing that in our 
uh, own church, you know, people from different backgrounds, you know, including, including people from Tibet. Just imagine that in France, people from Tibet. But we, uh, it's a ministry. Souls are souls, right? Souls are souls. And we preach the gospel to everyone and uh, pray that God would uh, uh, see uh, many, many, many souls come to worship him and uh, serve him as he deserves it. So, um, noticeably, there are nowadays more people who are asking me, uh, uh, Brother Dordelaire, how old are you? No, pastor has not asked me that question yet. I said yet, okay? I, I do appreciate their loving concern. And by the way, if you're wondering uh, about my age, in th less than three weeks, I'll be 77. 77. Some have also heard that in the past years, God has successfully brought me through Spirits of physical challenges. I had septicemia, followed a bungal biopsy, then cancer, then a right hip replacement, then a left hip replacement, a pacemaker, the removal of a hernia. Uh, and uh, for the past three months, I've wrestled with shingles. Ugh. I don't like shingles. Anybody? Wants to take mine? <laughs> but I most certainly appreciate, uh, the, so the people are asking me, Brother Rodolea, how do you feel? <laughs> well, I most certainly appreciate their empathy. Honestly, I feel like a lot of uh, young septuagenarians who are happily active in the Lord, okay? Here in America and elsewhere. Uh, of much greater significance for me is a question I personally ask of, of God. Lord, how shall I know when my missionary task is over uh, in the country where I'm currently serving? When is it time for me to move on somewhere else? I believe in the text we just read, and I was happy that my dear brother read the text there. I, I, honestly, I wrestle with 17th century English. I don't use it. In fact, I use French all the time. I come back here and I have to make the switch to English. And well, reading, reading the King James Version is, is a challenge for me. But I love, the, I love the beauty of the text, you know, but it's a challenge. Uh, with my wife, we have devotions together. When we were in France, I read aloud the passage uh, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the French version. No problem with that. We came here to America. I said, we, oh, we have to switch. We have to do it in English. So I got back to the King James Version, which I had not used for years. Except I read it, reading, but not preaching, not uh, uh, speaking it. And so the text is a challenge for me, you know. In, in Romans 15, 
uh, Paul says that, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by work and deed, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand, for which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. But now having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my, on my way, thitherward by you. I haven't used that word, thitherward, in years. <laughs> if first I be somewhat filled with your company. So here, I, I believe Paul is, uh, provides a wonderful insight into my own understanding of his mission and the work to which he had been called to do by the Lord. His summary statement is found in verse 16. In verse 16, we read, to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. It, it is crucial. It is crucial that the labor of a missionary be producing God-honoring fruits, not statistics. God-honoring fruits. I have thus always presented the souls of friends as blessed offerings to my Lord and Savior with the prayer that such offerings might truly be acceptable and sanctified. Furthermore, as Paul uh, says in verse uh, uh, 15, it's because of the grace that is given to me of God. I also ground my call, my commission, and by the way, I was commissioned by your church. Uh, I tried to recall the date. It, I think it was August 27th, uh, 1972. I was uh, ordained by, by your church and sent commission to the field of France. But uh, I ground my call, and my call came much earlier in, in, uh, in France in 1967. Uh, in the grace that was given to me from God. 
the grace. And, and indeed, what uh, an incredible privilege it is to serve Christ, even on the front line of France, even in a country where people have not been, been really open to the gospel because they've been brainwashed with the philosophies of, uh, of uh, the French system and other system. You know, a lot of French philosophers were agnostic or atheistic. But um, it is a privilege to serve Christ on the field of France. But, but may I confess to you that without a high calling from God, uh, it would have been quite difficult uh, to, stay, to stay faithful more than one term uh, in the, the, on the French field. Not, not to mention, not to say 12 terms of four years. As I said, France has a reputation of uh, um, being the graveyard of missionaries. Having stayed on the field by God's infinite grace, I daily marvel at the outpouring of God's grace, of God's power upon the preaching, upon the teaching, upon the, the soul winning, upon the writing, upon the counseling, in su such a dark place as France. We are there to minister and to serve Christ and to exalt his name and glorify him. This is our foremost goal, that, God, that Christ be glorified, that God be glorified. And, and, and we want the French people to do that, to glorify God and love him and serve him. Of interest to my own interrogation, there are two statements that Paul made regarding to his own missionary work, which I would like to point to you this morning. The first important statement is found in verse 19. Uh, the second part of verse 19. Paul says, So that from Jerusalem and round about as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And then the second statement that I want you to notice is in verse 23. But now, with no further place for me in these regions. It is a combination of these two statements and the precise context in which they are found that should draw you and me to the conclusion that Paul has in some way answered the question, our crucial question, how does one know when his Christian work is complete in a given place, in a given area or time? Paul, in saying that he had fully preached the gospel of Christ and that there was no further place for him to go in that area, informed the believers in Rome to whom he was writing that he had reached the goal of his missionary endeavors in Macedonia, Achaia, and, to, and, and other parts of the, uh, of the Roman Empire. And the, it, seem, it seems that the entire eastern part of the Roman Empire had been evangelized. Does he not talk about a missionary task which took him from Jerusalem to Illyricum? Illyricum. 
Iricum is not uh, an area that we are familiar with. It's uh, a region which, is which was located uh, north of Macedonia in the Balkans. It would have been in uh, former Yugoslavia. And in describing his own missionary work, what does Paul mean when he uses the words, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ? He's not talking about content. He's talking about scope. I believe he hereby describes the scope that had been given to his mission. For Paul not only proclaimed the, 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 the gospel of, of salvation, but under God, he led men and women to serve Christ in, in, in the context of local churches. For him, as it should also be for us, conversion is only the first step of uh, getting closer to God. You know, without conversion, we are not even born again. We, we, are, we are dead in trespasses and sins. But uh, with conversion comes inevitably, so it should be, incorporation in um, Bible and Bible believing churches. Whereas new believers, people would be taught to observe what we call the whole counsel of God. Jesus Christ said, teach them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you. Observe, not merely intellectually apprehend Christian doctrine. Some people substitute beliefs for the reality of Christianity. The reality of Christianity is, as pastor showed us this morning, it's action. We, we portray Christ in what we're doing. And the, the place of work is ideal to do that because uh, it, it is a place of contention very often. And as Christians, we can show that we are doing things for the Lord and gracefully and happily. I remember when I was a seminary, when I was a student in seminary and still single, uh, with another fellow, with another student, uh, we would start working at about 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. to 3 in the morning. And we were, we were cleaning large department stores, cleaning stores. It was enjoyable in spite of the dirt, in spite of the snow of Minnesota everywhere in spite of uh, moms that let kids drop raisins on the, on the floor and people step on them and dust glued to it, you know, glued to them. Uh, we always started with prayer, my friend and my enemy. We started with prayer and we said, we are doing it for the Lord. We're doing it for the other people that will come tomorrow. They'll have a clean store. We're doing that for the employees. They deserve to have a clean place to work. And it was, it was an enjoyment to serve in that place. Now, my boss raised my, my wages. My, my wages doubled in three years. Doubled in three years. When I went to the mission field in 1972, I had, full, I had adequate support, but then I didn't have a car. And my boss heard 
that I was on the mission field and I had no car. He sent the money for me to buy a car. Now, only God could do that. Only God could do that. And God, God can use you mightily everywhere, and especially where you are serving other people. Do it for the Lord. Do it for the Lord. It was a great teaching, brother, pastor. Great teaching. I appreciate it. So, we are taught to observe the whole counsel of God, and that can be done only through local churches, where we are serving with other people, witnessing, singing praises, uh, teaching youngsters, teaching other people. So be committed to come to church. Be faithful to your local church. Especially, uh, I'm a little frustrated with online. Pastor thinks it's great uh, because you have reached a lot of people. And that's good if people have been reached through through online. But um, uh, it cannot be a substitute for the fellowship of the believers. And pastor agrees to that. I enjoy enjoy seeing my fellow believers in France. I enjoy when I go elsewhere in Holland, in Hungary, in Germany, and in other countries. Right away, the fellowship is established because we have that tie with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in fellowship with one with another because we are in fellowship with him. So, given Paul's strong commitment to the establishment and strengthening of local churches, how could Paul arrive at the conclusion that he had indeed fulfilled his assignment? Since Paul... Obviously, as far as I, my studies showed me, had done no more than preached in several larger metropolis, larger cities. This can scarcely mean that he felt that the whole area he named from Jerusalem to Illyricum had been evangelized by him. I believe that Paul is stating that he had done what he as the apostle to the Gentiles was required and expected to do by the Lord. He had preached in strategic centers throughout the area named from Jerusalem to Illyricum and established churches there. And no doubt, in my mind, and probably also in Paul's mind, that there was still much work to be done, both by the way of preaching to those who were not yet converted in the larger cities, but also of building up uh, people in the faith so that they would in turn be instruments of God. Paul had fulfilled the preaching of the gospel in that he had laid the foundation of Christianity of the Christian faith in the region named in our text, from Jerusalem to Illyricum. Let me remind you that the apostle did that by preaching the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We should not substitute anything for that. The gospel. If you present your church, bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Music is fine. You have great music, I understand. You always had great music here. 
but the gospel has to be brought to the attention of the people. And uh, not only did he make uh, make, uh, disciples, but he planted churches that would strengthen and, and equip the converts and train them to become God's instruments through whom the rest of the region could be reached for Jesus Christ. When I look at the map of France, I see 36, excuse me, I need more. When I, see, when I look at the map of France, I see 36,000 cities and villages. Some of the villages having less than, than, than 50, 50, 30 people, you know. Uh, it, it was thus essential for me to go uh, to larger cities uh, to establish uh, Bible-believing local churches which in turn could reach the smaller villages, the smaller cities. It it was up to them to do that. Paul's claim that he had fully preached the gospel of Christ is understandable only in that sense, the sense I, I, I just explained. For Paul's point here in Romans 15 is that to him it seemed I'm done planting churches from uh, Jerusalem to Illyricum. I have planted churches where Christ was not named. And this is a large portion of, of the world that he mentioned. From Jerusalem in the east to Illyricum in the west... Again, let me say that this hardly means that every village or little town heard the gospel from Paul. Even though several years ago I came across a book written by the famous British archaeologist uh, Sir William Ramsay, in which uh, this author established, estimated that Paul and his different co-workers started at least 170 local churches in the first century, 170 local churches. It's quite impressive. And I pray, I pray that I would see that uh, in France, in Germany, uh, in, in Ghana, in, in Mexico, in America, and everywhere, that churches would be established for the glory of God again. Uh, circumscribing Paul's mission to the establishment of Bible-preaching local churches in major cities of the region from Jerusalem to Illyricum also helps us to understand Paul's statement, second statement he made in verse 23, when he says, with no further place for me in these regions. Clearly, If Paul had believed that the goal of his missionary work was the winning of converts everywhere, even in the most remote places, uh, there would would then still be plenty, plenty of further place for him. 
in the mountains and in the valleys, precious souls had not yet heard the gospel, had not yet heard the word of God. Since obviously that was not his God-given target, planting Christ-honoring local churches in strategic cities was his goal. Paul could reach a point in his ministry when his work as a missionary was done. So we must understand Paul's word. We must also understand Paul's word in the light of the sound principle he sets forth in verse 20 and 21. Namely, that he aimed to preach the gospel where Christ was not, not even named. In order to avoid building on another's foundation, another man's foundation, this is indeed a true mission vision. Uh, Paul's desire not to build on another man's foundation meant that he did not want to preach the gospel where somebody else had already planted a church. And uh, where it's still done this way today, uh, much unnecessary overlapping could be avoided. So Paul targeted key urban areas, no doubt about it. Now here is a second major element I want to develop, I want you to consider in true evangelism. In one sense, the Great Commission is not fulfilled until people, until every living person has become, has heard the gospel and has by God's grace become a disciple of Jesus Christ. I trust my beloved brethren, that you as witnesses of Christ have still, have always, have even a greater inner compulsion to reach uh, the people in your community with the blessed gospel of Jesus Christ. You are the hope that, of this world. You, you are the hope of the people around you. You have definitely the truth in Christ. So Paul, in Romans 15, was t talking about, about mission endeavors, not daily personal soul winning. That he did. Wherever he went, he witnessed. So in terms of developing a solidly principled strategy for missions, fulfilling the Great Commission of Matthew 28 is, as you well know, far more than winning souls for Christ. Many short-term missionaries and even some missionaries fail Christ in, their, in that their efforts are solely focused upon winning souls and not bringing them further down the road into discipleship. Uh, We need to develop adult churches, churches that become autonomous, self-governed, self-supporting, uh, self-propagating, and not just a place with a little flag and say, there's a church there. What, con what kind of church is it? No. So we endeavor over the years to establish churches in order for those churches to be adult churches, sending out missionaries, supporting pastors, 
doing what a normal church is doing. You know, it would be nonsensical for me to come here and challenge you to be missionary-hearted and to send out missionaries and to send support to missionaries and not challenge the French people to do the same. We have French missionaries in, in, in Cameroon. We have French missionaries in Burkina Faso. We have French missionaries that are going out supported by French churches. That's what I call becoming adult, adult, and not always dependent upon America for everything. So, uh, Paul fulfilled the gospel from J Jerusalem right up to Illyricum because he built churches that were stable, adult churches, carrying out the truth to the uttermost. Further evangelistic outreach, the upbuilding of congregation, of the congregations now laid in the hands of the, native, the Christian workers, namely native pastors and church members. By the way, Pastor Doucette is doing very well. The church in Vernon is faring very well. It's growing. And the, the, the churches we have established in France are outgoing churches, and we praise God for that. The only one that we saw disappear is one that we started in Germany among uh, the U.S. personnel. It was one of the greatest churches we served. Uh, servicemen, U.S. servicemen are outstanding members when they get saved. You know, they are so disciplined. Uh, the, the, the church, we, we went there and preached and uh, witnessed to servicemen, and the church was gathered together, and they called a pastor from America to uh, become their uh, spiritual leader. And this church, Grace Independent Baptist Church, has supported our ministry in France as a church planter. But it, it was great. Only what happened is that one of your presidents, I don't know which one, I, I, I have forgiven him, uh, took some troops out of Germany, and one base that was, uh, that was taken out of Germany was uh, in Buchenbergen, where the church, uh, Grace Baptist Church, had been established. So the servicemen went back to the States, but be it known to you, a lot of them went to Bible college and became servants of God. So further evangelistic outreach needs to be done by the churches that, that have been established. So for Paul, there was no more place for him to work uh, in, in these regions. It is not hard to understand that in that kind of missionary work that God had given to, to Paul to do, uh, the, the, region, the region had been fully covered. That being the case, uh, Paul felt free uh, to go up to Jerusalem and then to move, as he suggests in the text, to move to, to Spain via Rome. Uh, in the case of Paul, God gave him, well, I would say, 12 years, another 12 years to serve. So the Bible is wonderful because not only it gives us the message, 
but it tells us how to do God's work. And uh, the Bible and its wonderful display of principles and methods gave me the answer I was looking for. When is the time for a servant to move on? No doubt. Uh, the turning over the Church of Mont to a well-trained native pastor will bring me closer to that point where, in God's will, I shall be authorized to let God decide what is next ahead of me. And right now, you, during that furlough, it was a short furlough. I called it a blitz furlough. If you know the word blitz in German, it means lightning. You know, it was very fast. We were in eastern Minnesota, uh, in Wisconsin, and in northern Illinois. But it was a short furlough of uh, two and two and a half months. But uh, Louis Bazier was trained at, the, uh, at our school. Uh, he, he had a, a bachelor and he had a master's degree at the school. So he's well trained. Uh, he served the, church, the churches in France. So he knows, he knows uh, uh, the, what the ministry is all about. And uh, I'm praying, I'm praying that uh, uh, God would call him to the ministry of Mont, and that the church people there would accept his leadership, and it would be so. Such a moving time for, for everyone, for the church people, for me, for Bernice, to say the church is now mature. The church has a pastor. The church is supporting a pastor. So, uh, we are praying, of course, that uh, our testimony would never fail wherever we go. And we are praying that your outreach uh, here in the community would not flinch either, that you would still be speaking about Christ to other people, that you would share uh, God's word with your neighbors, and that the church would be geared toward that. Um, in France, definitely there are still regions without a single gospel preaching church. But now there are churches that have been established there that can send out church planters. And the French people are now sending church planters supported by the French churches. So again, this is moving toward an adult type of Christianity. That was our goal when we left you in 1972, when we went to the mission field. Our goal was that God be glorified with churches established for his glory in the land of France, from the east to the west. And if you look at a prayer card, you will see that we started from the east, northeastern part of France, Alsace-Lorraine, and moved through Picardy, and to Normandy on the west, including the Paris area. So we are considering that this task is being completed. Do pray. Do pray because the churches are faced uh, with many, many foes. One of them is radical Islam. The second is a government which has become 
increasingly anti-Christian. The Christian values are attacked systematically by the European community. I say that freely, I say that publicly. Uh, we, we see that all the time. They, they have now an agenda to destroy Christian values in Europe. So the only light that really shines comes from churches that have been established there and believers that love the Lord and serve the Lord fully. Do pray, do pray that the French believers would ag again bring light to a country which had in past e e centuries the light and it was destroyed by... If I were to re relate to you what has taken place in France, it would take a long time. But the, Roman, the Romans, the Roman emperors, destroyed Christianity in France as early as the second century. Then uh, the Roman Catholic Church did the same thing. And then, and then uh, the, 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 the king of France uh, destroyed groups of believers that were in his, in his kingdom to the point where the Huguenots had to flee from, uh, from France to Germany and Holland and uh, to the, even to America, to South, South Africa, but they had to flee. So France has sadly always persecuted believers, but the believers are there. There are souls that open to the gospel. So pray that we would see uh, a, a real revival take place in the country of France. You be ready to pray, be ready to uh, um, send out young people that are called to go to the mission, mission field, send them out. But um, may each one of us be humbly submitted to respond favorably to God's prompting to serve him here in Frankfurt or wherever he sends us. Now, what I shared with you are not mere theoretical wishes. They have been and they will stay earnest prayers. Earnest prayers. You and I, my beloved, must focus our hearts and souls, our minds and lives upon God's perfect will. God is the Savior, the only Savior of mankind. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful. We are grateful that you had a plan in eternity. And that plan included uh, the atonement, the, the death of Christ on the cross in our behalf. He died for us. Lord, we were sinners, lost and doomed. But you loved us and wanted to reconcile each one of us with you. We thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy toward us. Help us, Lord, to shine as Christians, to be, to be outgoing witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel. May this church be a living church for your, for your glory and by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.